As I said, bondage is sin. Israel was delivered from bondage by the blood of a lamb on the doorposts of their houses. The lamb that was slain on that night, the tenth plague that set Israelites free from Egyptian bondage was called the Paschal Lamb. Paschal means the sacrificial lamb for that deliverance. Now, I've got to tell you, when they took the blood of that lamb, they put it on either side of the door, the doorpost and the lintel. Now the lintel, you might say, what's a lintel? It's the part that goes across and the doorposts are under supporting it. So it makes this shape. If you look in the Hebrew language at the Hebrew alphabet, there is a letter that looks just like that. Just almost like our small N. And that letter represents God. It's the God letter. And so when the angel of death is coming along to destroy the firstborn, when it saw the blood shaped like God, he knew God was served there and not Pharaoh and passed by. That passing by is the Passover. That day of the Passover was the 14th of Nisan. Four days from today. Worldwide celebration. If you believe you are delivered from the bondage of sin and the rule of Satan in your life, Jesus Christ is the Paschal Lamb. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's what our Scripture tells us. And in 1 Corinthians 5-7, it says He is our Passover. Not from Pharaoh, but from the bondage to sin and death and Satan's power. Sin no longer has authority over us. Now, when you look at the doorposts in the Passover where I shaped kind of like that, the end, the doorposts for them was an actual physical one. For us, the doorpost is our heart. And when the blood of Christ is applied, it puts a seal on it shaped like God and covers us. Our heart is under the doorposts, if you will. And that is what the blood of Christ does. It puts us under the covering of God through the perfect blood of Jesus Christ. But it's only through trusting by faith in that blood, in the shed blood of Jesus, that we become free from the bondage of sin. And it says, as it says in Leviticus 17, because blood redeems. And only blood. Now let's step back to this date in Passover times when Jesus was walking the earth. They had a very interesting way of celebrating. Now let me tell you how this works and you're going to see a lot of parallels with Jesus, with our worship, with how we do Holy Communion, and all the things that are part of our faith. And what they did on the tenth day of the first month, which is today, and which is what they would do today and do today, 
is they go and find a lamb of the first year without blemish, can be a sheep or a goat, and they bring it in to the home. Back in Jesus' day, the high priest went to Bethany and got the lamb from the shepherd's field and led it into Jerusalem and put it on public display at the temple. Now, for current days, they take and put the lamb in the home. And they let it be on display for four days. Now, those four days are significant because in the temple, people could come and look at the lamb to see if it truly was a lamb without blemish. Because if it was found to be with anything wrong with it, it would not work. So also is what they do for the four days in their home. They make sure it's not a damaged or sick lamb. Jesus Christ, on Palm Sunday, when He entered the temple, the first, excuse me, the city, the first thing He did was He went to the temple. And He began to clear out all the money changers and folks like that. And they began to examine Him for four days. They tested Him. They asked Him questions. They challenge His authority. For four days, Jesus was put on display. Much like that Paschal Lamb that the high priest had brought in. Now, on the 14th day, which would be Passover night, which is the night that Jesus ate the Passover meal with His disciples as His last meal with them, it's told that in Exodus chapter 12, The lamb is to be killed between the evenings. Now, I'm not going to go into all the ways between the evenings means 3 p.m., but it means 3 p.m. That that lamb will be killed at exactly 3 p.m. on the 14th. Now, you might say, wait a minute, didn't Jesus eat the Passover at the evening and then go through a trial? Yes, He did. But remember, the day starts at sundown. So, after the sun rises the next day at 3 p.m., three hours before the end of that day at 6 p.m. is when the Passover lamb would be killed by the high priest. It's an it's a interesting way to look at time because we look at a day midnight to midnight. But theirs was 6 p.m. to 6 p.m. So if it was killed at 3 p.m. on the 14th, it was near the end of the day. Not in the middle of the afternoon, but near the end of the day, which ends at 6. Which took me a while to wrap my head around. It would be like our 9 p.m. is when it would have happened for us if it was a 12 hour, uh, 12 p.m., 12 p.m. type day. So... And what the priest would do is he would take the blood of that lamb once it was sacrificed at 3 p.m. on the 14th and he would sprinkle it on the altar in the holy place for the sins of the nation. Now, at that same time that Jesus was living, they also had an option to have the Passover lamb on the evening during the beginning part of the 14th, which is when Jesus had it. And that lamb, the lamb that Jesus ate with His disciples, was for the family. So they had a national lamb killed by the high priest, 
And each family had a private lamb. And they could choose to eat that lamb either on that night when the 14th begins or after the Paschal lamb was killed by the high priest on that evening. So there were two evenings to choose from. And Jesus ate it on the first evening of the 14th and not after the other lamb was killed. And that's important. Because Jesus had to eat this meal with His disciples to institute Holy Communion. Now, it also tells us in the Scriptures that the blood must be applied to the door. That's what happened in the Exodus. Now, for us, we know that the blood of Jesus Christ was spilled on the cross and it applies and covers us completely. But what's most important to us is it purifies our hearts from sin. And that we need to know. Why? Because the only way to have a clean heart and to be forgiven is through the shed blood of the Messiah. And Jesus says in John chapter 10, I am the door. When Jesus died, His blood spilled on Himself. So the blood covered who, who is the door to heaven. Jesus. So the blood covered that door also. There's a double covering of the door. During the Seder, a cup of wine is brought forth. And what we say to, during that time is that God creates the fruit of the vine. And blessed is God. Almighty. The fruit of the vine is what the cup that we drink at the Seder is also the cup we drink at communion. Jesus said, I am the vine. So He's also the source of the cup for the Passover meal. He is the vine. He provides the symbolic blood in the cup as the vine and also through His own body. So you're seeing a double catch here, aren't you? His own blood does it, and being the vine as a cup that we drink of grape juice is also representative of His blood as well. So we have two meanings there. Now here's where this gets interesting to me. In Mark 14, this is what's written. On the first day of unleavened bread, when they killed the lamb. Now that means the two different times you can eat the Paschal lamb. On the day of the 14th when it starts in the evening, or the next day in the evening. Either one. On the first day, Jesus ate it. Because there was a temple. When there is no Temple, you must eat it on the next evening after 3 p.m. on the 14th. Not before that. The reason why is because the temple allowed sacrifices. But once there was no more sacrifices and the temple was destroyed, the high priest could not kill a lamb at the temple. So, they had to kill the lamb at 3 p.m. 
And they couldn't do it therefore the night before because that would have been 3 p.m. on the 13th. Now why is that important to us? Because it is the only time in history where two Passover lambs could be eaten. The sacrificial on the first night and the national one on the second evening. You might say, well, what does that matter? Because Jesus had to eat the Passover. He had to eat it to institute Holy Communion, but He was the sacrificial lamb. And there's no way for Him to die and eat Paschal lamb if you can only do it on the same day that the lamb is killed. Do you understand? Scripture set it up and Jesus fulfilled it properly by having the ability to eat the Paschal lamb on the night before it was killed on the 14th. So He could eat it and be it. If He had been born 40 years earlier, He couldn't have done it. If He was born 40 years later, He couldn't have done it. This is the only time in history this could be done. He could not be the Paschal Lamb and eat the Paschal Lamb any other time in history. It was a perfect opportunity and window was open. And it was foretold 3,000 years previous. You think God's working hard to make this stuff happen? Putting the time frame in place so it's perfect? It gets better. I think this is great. You see, this the lamb that the high priest leads in on the 10th also happens to be led in by the high priest and people are waving palm branches for the Paschal Lamb as the high priest leads it in. Mm-hmm. Now this he's coming from Bethany up over the Mount of Olives with the Lamb, down the Mount of Olives, and up into Jerusalem. It's the same path Jesus took. Amen. The high priest took the Paschal Lamb for the nation in, and Jesus followed right behind on a donkey. They praised both lambs. The sacrificial and the real one. (laughs) Do you see how He's fulfilling this? So when He rides in on a donkey, they're not just there with palm branches arbitrarily. They're already there because they're supposed to for the other lamb. The one the high priest is going to kill four days later. And it's the same lamb following it that's going to be examined by the high priest (laughs) and Herod and Pilate and the Sanhedrin and going to be sacrificed four days later. It's identical. But you think, well, that's amazing how God worked that out. But it gets better. You see... The lamb that the high priest kills at 3 p.m. on the 14th of Nisan in the temple has a celebration with it. When that lamb's throat is cut and bleeds out and the high priest gathers its blood, a shofar, a ram's horn is blown and heard all the way through Jerusalem, and a cry is yelled out from the temple, it's finished. The Lamb 
has died. At 3 p.m. on the 14th of Nisan, while the temple was in effect for about 70 to 100 years, the temple was there. And every 14th of Nisan, at 3 p.m., the lamb was throat was slit, the shofar blew. It is finished! The lamb has died! Then they would cook it and eat it at 6 p.m. That was their clue. Well, that 3 p.m. on the 14th of Nisan also happens to be the ninth hour. Because 6 a.m. is the first hour. And we know that Jesus was led out to be crucified and put on the cross at 9 a.m. Well, did you know that the Paschal Lamb that was to be cut and killed at 3 p.m. was tied onto the horns of the altar in the temple at 9 Mm a.m. The same time that they're putting the Lamb on the altar to be slain for the nation's sins, they're putting Jesus on the cross and tying Him on that. They didn't. Y'all probably think he just had, you know, the nails in his hands and feet, but they also had rope to hold him up there, mm-hmm. tied him on as well, because those ropes held him so he wouldn't fall off when he got weak. So he was tied to the cross at 9 a.m., just like the lamb, the other lamb, was tied to the altar in the temple at 9 a.m. Now, how do you think God did this other than to have Judas betray Him in the middle of the night so at 6 a.m. at first light He could be tried, moved back and forth between Herod and Pilate a couple times, and then led out to Calvary to be crucified at the ninth hour? Do you think that God didn't have this all in mind and had all the trial and everything set up so He could get there by 9 a.m.? That's going to take some work in itself. And so, Jesus was crucified and put on a cross at 9 a.m. and the Lamb for the nation was put on the altar and readied to be killed at 9 a.m. When the hour came, it tells us in the Scriptures that Jesus was on the cross And from the sixth to the ninth hour, the land grew dark. From noon to three, it was dark. No one knows why. They can't figure out how it happened. But for three hours, no eclipse lasts that long. The land was dark. At the end of that darkness... The high priest, with a knife in his hand, went to the altar and slit the lamb's throat. At that exact same moment, Jesus is saying, Father, into Thy hands I commend My Spirit. A shofar blast is heard from the temple as the priest And all those in the temple yell, It is finished. The Paschal Lamb is dead. And all Jesus can say out of His mouth is one word, to Telestai. If He would have said the whole phrase, He would have said this, It is finished. 
the Paschal Lamb has been slain. But all he could say was to tell us die. And the rest of Jerusalem heard the rest of the phrase ringing from the temple and Jesus died. At that moment, the Roman centurion seeing all this in the darkness said, this has to be the Son of God. He must be the Paschal Lamb. It's no coincidence that all this lines up to the second that He died at three. He could have died at 3.05 or 5 till and it would not have been perfect. Jesus' words would have rung hollow, but His words were echoing what was said at the temple at the same time. It's at the ninth hour on that day in history. There's no other time in history it could happen. Not a year before. Not a day before. Not a day later. There's only one day in all of history at 3 p.m. at that exact time this all lined up. You tell me that's coincidence. That our Passover lamb was sacrificed and it just so happens that all the forces in history didn't really come together. It was just coincidence. I don't believe that. I believe God worked very hard for our salvation and He did it perfectly because He's a perfect God. And you can't coincidentalize perfection. It'll be off somewhere along the way. In the Seder meal, on the plate, is a shank bone from a lamb. It signifies that Jesus is the Passover. I want to share with you this. The Passover is talked about how it sent deliverance from bondage. And we talk about the different things that they ate, the unleavened bread, the bitter herbs, and all these things. But the Passover cannot happen without a lamb. And it has to be shed and spread over the door of our lives. Over the door of our home where we live, which is us, over our heart. Otherwise, the Passover doesn't work. You can eat all the unleavened bread you want. You're not going to go free. (laughs) You can eat all the parsley and romaine, lettuce you care to eat. You're not going to be free. You can down thousands of gallons of horseradish. You won't be free. You can eat all the hard-boiled eggs in the world. They're just eggs. I promise you, without the lamb, it doesn't work. You can eat all the harasset that you want. The harasset is the mortar that represents the bricks. You're still in bondage. Without the lamb, you're still stuck. And all of it took place at the ninth hour on the 14th of Nisan in the year Jesus died. It all happened at the exact moment it was supposed to. If you don't understand a God like that did that because He loved us and wanted us to know what kind of God we serve that put all time in motion and and changed the world at that second. Mm -hmm. Do you know what happened at the ninth hour? God split time in half. Mm -hmm. B.C. A.D. 
That's the day when the world changed forever. That's the moment, the ninth hour, when everything is different for us. That's when our world became brand new because of Jesus Christ. It is His shed blood and no other way. And let me tell you something. When the Israelites left Egypt, they were so distraught that they gave them anything they asked for. Gold, silver, livestock. They plundered the Egyptians who had held them captive. Here is what one person said, and I like it. They said that the plundering of Egypt to make them a poor nation overnight (laughs) was their pay for 440 years in slavery. Because they didn't get paid. They had no spoils of their own. They got paid finally. Because God's people do not labor in vain. And when God sets you free, He's going to plunder Satan and his kingdom and give you back what should have been yours all along. Joy, freedom, family, togetherness. And so when the Seder meal is joined in together, we celebrate it because it's a time of joy. Yes, there are the bitter tears of remembrance, but we also remember that they ended with the Passover lamb. Life changes when the blood is applied. There is no other way. But I want you to consider for a moment one thing. Supposing it didn't happen. Easter sunrise service, we're going to look at this message I call Saturday. Saturday. Because Saturday, Jesus is still dead in a grave on Holy Week. And it looks just as bleak as it did the moment He died. And the Passover lamb may be killed, but that only gives us redemption, but it doesn't give us salvation. It doesn't give us eternal life. It just gives us forgiveness. We're still going to die. Without the resurrection, Passover still doesn't do us any good. So Saturday is a dark day. And on the day that Jesus Christ died, all of His disciples scattered. They left. Even Peter, the one who was bold and courageous in unforeseeable circumstances and braggadocious, denied Him. Not once, not twice, but three times. And He left Jesus The one who said, I will go with you to the death, ran from him at the moment of death. They all left him alone. So imagine, just for a moment, as we get ready to do something that we do usually on Monday, Thursday, it's called the stripping of the church. It's where we consider for a moment life without Christ having ever come and resurrected. This is the most important thing about Holy Week to me, is you realize that if you didn't have Him, what would your life be like? Without Easter, the ninth hour is futile. You're still dead. You're just forgiven dead. 
Does that make sense? It does to me. And so I'm going to strip the church at this time. I'd like you to be in a moment of prayer and observing how the church transforms from a place of joy, of festivity, the purple for remembrance of Lent. It all goes away in just a moment. And if Jesus isn't here, it's a very dark place. So I encourage you to, with me, begin to look at what the world looked like for three days after the ninth hour. Pray with me. Gracious Heavenly Father, we're about to do the work of Monday Thursday this morning to prepare this church for the darkness of life without Christ, without hope. And I ask you would help us right now in this place and at this time to realize that without Jesus, we don't have anything. All the trappings and trimmings of life and family, it all ends one day and there is nothing. And as Diane said earlier, Heavenly Father, because of Him, we do get to see our loved ones again that have gone before us. And we will be together forever because of Jesus. But for a moment, Heavenly Father, help us to reflect on if that never happened. And speak to our hearts and help us to be grateful that it did. Amen.